Hey guys, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend, a podcast about mental health and astrology. Have you guys ever had a bad day or felt so anxious to the point where you are struggling to find yourself in this vast society we call life? Not to worry, guys. I have felt this way too. The podcast interviews guests from college students to parents and even experts that talk about their journey to where they are in the present moment. So sit back and relax and remember that you are not alone. Without further ado, let's get started with today's podcast. Have you guys heard about Anchor by Spotify as being the easiest way to make a podcast? Let me explain. It's free. Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Best of all, when even hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, like I said before, Anchor is totally free. So pick up your phones, laptops, or whatever you use and download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I hope to hear your podcast. Hey everybody and welcome back to the podcast. Episode 32 titled A Gentle Personality talks about the story of Brian Sachetta, a professional author and also software worker. Brian talks a lot about his own spiritual journey and gives great advice to you guys about mental health, relationships, and also astrology overall. You guys can check out Brian's book titled Get Out of Your Head, which really talks about his own anxieties and his own spiritual journey on Amazon, as well as his social media by checking the links in the show description. Also, guys, before you guys can tune into the podcast, please, guys, like and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Your guys' subscription and ratings will help boost the podcast overall and all that fun stuff. But without further ado, here is my conversation with Brian. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend. I'm your host, Josh Sanchez, and I'm here with Brian all the way from Florida. Brian Sachetta, how are you doing and what's going on? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Josh. And um, not too much going on. Um, I am currently waiting it out in Florida. It's a little rainy here today, but... I am normally from Boston, so it's nice to be even in the warmer weather down here. They're expecting a snowstorm back home any day now, so excited to miss that one. (laughs) Yeah, I will say, especially being up in the Northeast, it is cold around here. Um, My first question, just just having some fun a little bit. I know you mentioned you're in Florida. Do you go down there regularly, or is this just like a a once in a while type of thing? Yeah, I would call it pretty regularly. Um, I think... Some of my friends will say that, and, and I didn't do this obviously because people have been doing it for generations, but some of my friends will say I made snowboarding like sort of popular before it was a thing. Uh, I was like when I was 22, 23, it was like, I was trying to find jobs that I could work, whether it was freelancing or whatever, where it was like, 
I got to figure out how during January I can not be here. Right. I don't want to have to go to the office every day because I want to go get some sunshine. And so that's been really helpful for me. And obviously we're going to talk about mental health. And I think that like getting sunlight, getting vitamin D it's monumental for um, mental health. And also just like, you know, when, when you have that mindset of like, Oh man, it's going to be dark out at four o'clock. Like it's kind of depressing. You know what I mean? Maybe not in a, in the traditional clinical sense, but it's a lot more fun when it's like eight o'clock that it gets dark and you can do things with your friends and you can go outside and play sports and what whatnot. So yeah, it's good to switch it up and break it up a bit. Yeah, I will say Brian, and, and that was a really good point when it comes to like seasonal, there's definitely a lot of seasonal depression. I will say like, there's just something about the winter. I know, especially around here, you know, being in the Northeast as well. Like I know a lot of family members when it comes to the winter time, they're not as, they're not as like energized, you know, like you said, it gets dark at four, so like doing something like you said, going to Florida or maybe going somewhere where there is some sunshine, you know, to just really just reset your mind. I definitely think that's a really good tip to really start this podcast home and just continuing our conversation. I know you mentioned you go to Florida, Brian. I know you also mentioned like freelance and stuff. Um, but my first question for you is what are some passions that you have? And when it comes to work, like what do you like to do? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I mean, helping other people with mental health is definitely a passion of mine. And, and that what that's what's led me to, you know, start my brand and blog and write my books. And so that has, um, that's been something that I've focused on a lot, right? It's like I have a normal job where I'm a software developer, um, the regular hours, but then nights and weekends, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to help folks. I'm trying to do podcasts like this one. I'm trying to write my books and get the message out there. So that's something that I'm definitely passionate about. I think uh, if we're, you know, to make things a little bit more fun or, or, or um, jump off of the, I don't know, switch it up a little bit, right? Like I love watching sports. Uh, it was awesome watching the football games this weekend, super competitive games, really exciting. Uh, I do like basketball, but for some reason, I don't know the way that the league has gone a little bit as of late, like I'm not as interested in like the superstar treatment and uh, some of the drama and the egos and whatnot. So that frustrates me a little where it's more like a one person league, whereas the NFL, it's, it definitely feels more team based. And then uh, there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of other things I could get into, but I'm down here in Florida. Uh, my family and I, we go to, you know, the amusement parks, either Disney or Universal quite a bit. And then also like food is a massive part of my life where uh, I am, I'm a vegan, I would say 99% of the time, once in a while, eat like a piece of pizza or something like that. But I try to find like alignment in a lot of the things I do where like, um, for me, like one part of my mental health that I struggle with a little bit is like, you know, thinking about climate change and where um, its impacts could be felt and whatnot. And I've, at least I've rationalized it in my own head to be like, Hey, if I go vegan, I can help the planet a little bit. I can help some suffering animals and whatnot. Um, and I also just like love food. I love trying different cuisines. I love going out to eat and trying different restaurants. So, um, it's fun to explore, right. To be like, Oh, you know, somebody told me about that restaurant. I got to go check that out and try all the different dishes and whatnot. So, uh, those are a few things that I'm interested in. Yeah, I will say, Brian, I'm definitely very, I can relate to you a lot on a lot of things. I know when it comes to food, food is very spiritual. Um, so like you said, like having friends recommend, recommend like restaurants to go to, like, I know for me, like one thing my girlfriend recommended was dim sum. I never heard of it in my life. Uh, we went, we took a trip up to Philly. It was all, it's pretty much like an all you can eat, like buffet, but Asian style, you know, there's dumplings, there's fried octopus, there's all different types of food. And I'm just like, wow, like, I'm trying everything, you know, so just to really add to your point, like 
having those food recommendations, trying food, that's something that's very spiritual. I know you mentioned like watching football. I'm also a huge football fan as well. I mean, I'm in the Philadelphia region, so we're diehard Eagles fans, all four for four sports. It's, you know, the the Northeast is definitely very into sports and stuff. Um, and And I agree with you when it comes to football. It's really like that team sport and just to a, in more of agreement, all the games this weekend were incredible, all coming down to the last possession of the game. Like, you can't get a better weekend of football than that. Um, but, yeah, like, just, like, everything that you're saying from your passions, you know, like leading up to, like, your book, you know, like you said, doing podcasts while also working, like, your full-time job. My next just question, just building off of it, I know you mentioned a lot about, like, your passions for climate change and passions for mental health. Where did that really stem from for you, Brian? Yeah, I think they're they're two subjects that are definitely related, but also like coming at different points. So for me, mental health, it was more like, you know, it, it kind of reared its ugly head in late high school and then really a lot in early college when, you know, it's like I was hanging out with different girls that I was interested in. I was really nervous. I was having panic attacks. I was like in my head over like, you know, did this girl like me? Is it going to work out with this girl? Is it not? Um, And you quickly like, especially when something that is that important to you, right? Like when you're an 18 year old guy, there is almost nothing more important in the world than like the girls that you're seeing, the girls you're pursuing, whatever. And so when you've experienced a lot of pain around that, like it's this extreme urgency to be like, I got to figure out what the heck is going on here. Right. I mean, uh, to make a, uh, a comparison that it's not, it's not really crude, but just like off the cuff. Right. It's like, if you love basketball and you shoot 5% from the field and it crushes you every day, it's like you get in the gym and you shoot 500, a thousand shots a day until you get better. Right. Um, so can we compare basketball and mental health? I don't know if we can really do it one-to-one, but the analogy or the, the common thread there just being like, I felt a serious need to want to make changes and learn things and get better and also just deal with what I was um, going through, right? So that was like a, an extreme urgency for me to be like, I got to start reading a ton of books. I got to go get diagnosed. I talk to doctors, figure out different treatments and remedies that work for me. Um, because you you quickly realize when you're dealing with demons that are that strong, it's like, if I don't get these in check, I'm in big trouble here. Right. And, um, I think not just from like a female perspective or, you know, uh, a dating perspective, it's like this stuff can unravel. And then we, you know, it went from like, Oh, it was just a problem with like who I was dating or whatever. And then the next thing, you know, it's like, I can't concentrate. I can't sleep. I'm not studying. Uh, I'm maybe drinking too much, whatever. So it, it quickly gets out of control. So for me, it just always felt like something that I, I really wanted to just dive into and get better with. And then on the climate change side, that was a little bit later. That was probably, so some of the stuff I was alluding to there, that was, you know, around 2008. And then the climate change stuff wasn't for about 10 years. Like I had always heard, right. I had watched different movies, um, the inconvenient truth and stuff like that. But it like, there's a difference between like knowing something on like a cognitive level or having like the thought be in your head versus feeling something like on an emotional uh, level or like hit, hit hitting your soul. Right. And so in 2018, for whatever reason, um, I just stumbled a bunch across it, like alarmist articles that were like really grim. And they were like, Hey, the situation is out of control. We're in a really bad place. And I'm not saying that those articles were hundred percent factual or hundred uh, percent incorrect. I don't, I, I don't know if anybody knows for sure. I, I think we can say though, that like, uh, the comparison that I make, right. Is like when somebody says like, Oh, climate change isn't real. It's 
like, well, let, let me give you this example. If you take your car and you close your garage and you roll down the windows and you let, you know, if it's a gas powered car and you let the exhaust fill up uh, the garage, you're going to die within a certain amount of time. Right. So obviously like we can't make the exact comparison here, but you know, we're, we're expelling all of this exhaust into the earth and the earth, earth has an atmosphere that traps a bunch of the carbon emissions in. Now, obviously we've got trees and stuff like that, that are soaking some of it up, but you can definitely make the argument, even if like, I am not a climate scientist, I just want to preface that, uh, that is not my area of expertise, but just from like a, Hey, a very simplistic standpoint, it's like, uh, if you do the math of like, Hey, if we put too much out and there's too much stuff, kind of going is too much carbon, out, um, um, excuse me, carbon emissions like floating around in the atmosphere, uh, and we're not doing enough to pull some of that stuff out of the atmosphere, then at some point, you're almost creating that same effect of like, hey, I'm trapped in my garage, possibly, right? Uh, again, I'm uh, not a climate scientist and not trying to stretch the information and feel like I know or don't know. But so to me, it was like, that stuff hit me on a really, really deep level. Like, it was almost one of those like existential crisis kind of things where it's like, if these articles are accurate and we have 10 or even 50 or a hundred years before like things start going south in a really, really bad way. Um, like I, it's, it's so hard for me to like, if, if you believe the information, uh, you know, everybody is allowed to make their own decision, but if you believe that information, it's like, how can that not freak you out so, so much that like you are, even if, even if you don't do anything, like even if you're not called to make, take action, it's like, how can that not freak you out so bad that you don't even like, you, you almost fall into some sort of crisis thing, right? And so that was actually, that was where I got in 2018. Um, and then that sort of, that was one of the uh, impetuses for writing my second book, which ba was basically like those uh, investigations and realizations led me down a really dark path. And then into this um, episode of depression that lasted for a while. And, um, as I was going along that episode, I was just trying to figure out like, okay, I've done this before in the sense of like, I've, I've had difficult mental health battles and I have made some progress. I'm not going to sit here and be like, Hey, I, I vanquished it all together. I'm it's never coming back or whatever. I think the more that you go down the mental health path, you realize it's a journey, right? And there's going to be days where you do really well. And then there's going to be some days where you don't feel as well, but you kind of look back and you say, I have made progress along the way. Even if um, compared to yesterday, I, I've taken a few steps back. And so um, I looked at my battle with depression and I was like, I need to do something similar. I need to approach it in the same fashion as I did my anxiety previously. And, you know, as I say this kind of stuff, I'm not trying to glorify like, you know, uh, the approach of just like grin and bear it or like man up or whatever it is. I'm definitely not trying to uh, push that approach. I'm more just trying to say like, there comes a time where you're like, I have to take responsibility for how I feel. Because if I don't, I'm going to feel this way for a long time. And taking responsibility can mean a ton of different things, right? It could mean as simple as like going to the doctor, just being like, I am taking responsibility for how I feel today. And I am booking an appointment and I am talking with a professional. That's, you know, it could be as simple as that. But so, uh, yeah, for me, it's always been this sort of um, innate curiosity as well as just an urgency to be like, look, I'm not here for a long time. And that means like, I want to live well. And I also, because I'm not here for a long time, like I, I don't want to 
mess up the planet anymore. I don't want to hurt people. I want to uh, give back and contribute to other people's lives. And, uh, you know, for me, one of the, the best ways that I do that is like connecting with sufferers on a deep level and say like, dude, or, or to a girl, right? It's like, I have been through what you have been. I'm not comparing what we have uh, experienced, but because what you have experienced could be a lot worse than what I have. But we have both experienced suffering. And I know that that is brutal. Um, and so let's try to get through some of these things together. Wow, Brian, I will say that was a really like just great answer overall. And and I really like the ending, the ending of like your your statement, like, it's this concept of empathy, you know, where it's like, hey, like, I can, I might not fully understand what you're going through. But like, hey, like, I have been through similar, you know, like, I can relate in certain as aspects, you know, and that's definitely something that I think is very universal, um, especially when it comes to like anxieties, when it comes to like depression, when it comes to like these universal feelings, you know, everybody definitely goes through moments in life where things are not going their way, you know, where things are, you have to work 10 times harder, or you have to, or you're just feeling, you're feeling down, you know, and it's like, like you said, like taking that step to take care of yourself, go to a doctor, go to find yourself a therapist. That's like a great first step. I know so many people that don't even take that first step, you know, when it comes to just like getting help, admitting that, hey, like I've been feeling this way for a long period of time now. Like, let's let's like start to take a little bit of that initiative, you know, and and I will say, Brian, like overall, like hearing your journey, it's definitely very inspiring. And I definitely hope a lot of people listening to this can definitely like relate in some form of way. That's definitely one of the reasons why like I really enjoy having podcasts and having conversations, Brian, like this, where it's like we're just being honest and upfront with each other, you know? So yeah, yeah just it. Yeah, so just building off of that, I know you mentioned that you created two books, you know, um, and I will say I, I will give you all the floor to describe your books as well. Um, but tell me a little bit about that journey and that process of creating a book. I've always just been so fascinated with, you know, because creating a book definitely takes a lot of time, you know, a lot of creativity. And, you know, so I know now that you made two of them. So just tell me a little bit about those two books that you are making, Brian. Yeah. So we have talked about the the journey or the story behind each of those books a little bit already, right? Where it's like, so the first book is called Get Out of Your Head, a Toolkit for Living with and Overcoming Anxiety. So that 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 was like a direct result of my experiences in college and even after college, just like going through uh, situations that made me anxious and fearful, right? So I was like, after a certain amount of time, I, I wanted to take the insights that I had learned and I wanted to write them down and share them with folks, right? And then we, we kind of just talked about uh, the depression side of things where it was the same it was the same phenomenon of me saying, hey, I have worked through this to some capacity. I have done a lot of research. I have read and listened to uh, audiobooks and podcasts and read journal articles and whatnot. So let me just share uh, my experiences with this. And again, like the brand is, is kind of like that idea of honestly sharing the things that I have been through, uh, combining real world experiences with some helpful literature that kind of ties things together where it's not like, you know, I, I'm not, um, I'm not a PhD. So it's like, uh, I'm not going to come at it from that, that angle. Uh, but at the same time, like I don't have the medical background. So for me, where I make the connection with readers and entice them to be like, Hey, this, this is content that is worthy, uh, is infusing like, Hey, here's some of the research I've done and it's legitimate. Or like at the very least I've, I've piggybacked off of other people's research and I'm sharing it with you. Uh, but then also like, I'm telling you my experiences because it helps us connect. Um, so that's, that's the story or the, the overall ethos of like the books and the brand um, from a like, 
pure, I don't know, boots on the ground or however, like a tactical standpoint of the books themselves. Uh, both of them were like slightly different journeys. I think the, the difficult thing for me with writing them is I was uh, working during like, you know, we all have, most of us have jobs, right? So it's like, uh, I am not in a place where I can go and quit my job and work on my writing full time. It's that just wouldn't be practical for me because I got to put food on the table and pay my rent and whatnot. Um, but so it was like, basically just trying to find the time uh, and carve it out and really be disciplined in, in getting the writing done. Uh, with the first book, it was like, I was flying by the seat of my pants. I didn't know what I was doing, but I, I just, you know, had this calling within me to be like, I want to share the information. So I do remember like it was nights and weekends, just like grinding it out, trying to get it done. Um, and then I actually, I was at a certain job and I said to myself, like, I, I kind of concocted the story of like, Hey, you know, I want to, uh, basically go back into freelancing. I'll have a more flexible schedule at the time I was working in sales. And it was, it was, it was hard to know. It was hard to predict like where my hours would be, right? If, if there was a deal that needed to close or was the end of the quarter and I'm, and I'm getting close to quota, uh, you just have to put in the hours that you have to put in, right? Whereas if you have like a, so I also like my, most of my career has been in software development. And so it's like, if you are a freelancer or you're working a project hourly or something like that, you, for the most, it's a lot more predictable. You know how many hours you have to put in, maybe have a deadline at some point, but you know, I, I can kind of control my own destiny where I can say to a client like, Hey, I have 20 hours capacity for you this month. I have 40 hours capacity. And sometimes I have to live with the consequences of what, you know, that means for the project. But like, it's not like, Hey, my boss is coming down and being like, Hey dude, like work as hard as you need to, to get this deal signed or whatever. So, um, I, I, I kind of concocted the story for myself with the first book where I said, if I can just, you know, get off of this sales path where the hours are unpredictable and I can go into something that, uh, I have more control over my schedule, then I'll write my book and I'll publish it and I'll sell a ton of copies and I'll finally be happy, right? And I think one of the humbling things about uh, our journeys in life as well as the mental health journey is you just don't know, like we, we're bad at predicting and it's hard to know how things are gonna turn out. And so for me, it was like, at, at the time I was like, I will, uh, I'll have this extra time, I'll write, I'll finish the manuscript, whatever, right? On the very first day that I, uh, like after I quit my job and I had a project, the project was going like really slow. In fact, like the client was like, Hey, you know, I don't think we're quite ready. We might be ready in like a month or something like that. And I'm like, uh, I just quit my job. And if we don't start for a month, like I, I don't have an income income for a month. Right. And I don't have that much money saved. So I'm kind of thinking to myself, like I got to figure something out. So I ended up um, actually finding another project and kind of doing two at the same time. And um, so it, it went from being like, Hey, I'm, I'm quitting my job so I can just focus on the book to being like, oh, the book is getting pushed down. And so I had actually already done a first draft, maybe even a second draft at that point, but I was like getting ready to clean it all up, do the final editing and whatnot and release it. And I ended up kicking that down the road for a while. And then when work slowed down or the freelancing slowed down, I picked it back up and basically just like edited, edited, edited until I felt I was ready. And then I self-published that one on Amazon. Uh, for the second book, it was a little bit different where like um, I have found that like for me, for my creative process, I have, I've found it difficult to not like, if I don't have large chunks of time, I, I just can't get the momentum going. Right. If it's like, Hey, I have an hour and a half, I have two hours to like work on a chapter or something like that. It's it, it just the, it's going to take me an hour to get rolling. And then at the, at the tail end of the rest of the time, either one, I'm not going to have done as much as, as I wanted to, or two, the momentum is going so fast that I'm going to be so upset that I have to stop. And so what I ended up doing was like, it was more methodical around like, 
I'm going to take a vacation and I'm going to just write during the vacation, which is like, I don't know, it's a little bit sad, but at the same time, like, you know, this is a deeply personal mission to me. So it's like, this is just what I want to do with my time. Right. And I want to help people. So um, it was a lot of those blocks where it was like, take a vacation, work on the book, take on the vacation, uh, another one, uh, work on the book. And, and I guess because of that, like I couldn't, you know, I, I only have so much vacation time and it's sporadic and whatnot. So it was like, I would work on it for a week and then I'd have to put it away for a while. Uh, nights and weekends do help, but like weekends are better if I can just carve out the whole weekend and just, just really focus. Um, and then eventually you get there. Uh, I mean, it's, I will say with this second book, I'm more confident in the product itself and also like the quality of the writing, but it takes a long time to get there. So if anybody's listening uh, to writing a book, I mean, obviously you don't want to be like, it has to be perfect because there will always be one or two other things that you could tweak, but it can take time. You know, I was, I remember in the middle of this, uh, so summer 2021, I'm sitting there being to myself like, okay, yeah, we're going to publish like next week or next month. And then the next month rolls around. It's like, okay, maybe next week or next month. And you do that and you do that and you, you do that. And it's like, man, I, I like, I've been through this writing. I've been through the words so many times. And like, each time I'm like, it's good now. And then I go through it again. And it's like, oh, it's not quite good. So it can be a frustrating process. But I think when you have some sort of mission driving you, right? If it was just like, I just want to publish a book so I can make a lot of money. Uh, number one, it's, it's, it's very hard to make money as an author. Uh, and then also, if you don't have that, like that, that, uh, that message to your soul that's driving you, it's going to be, it's going to be hard for you to follow through with it. So for me, it was like, look, I know this stinks and it's a lot of work and whatnot, but like, I'm, I'm doing this to help people and also make sense of my own journey. So that's what kept me going. And then eventually I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm finally ready to publish this thing, uh, later than I wanted to, but at the same time it's done. And, um, you know, we're out there helping people. Yeah, I will say, Brian, and definitely like hearing your journey and your process to writing both books, I will say it's very, again, very just, you're very insightful and you're very intuitive with yourself, you know, when it comes to that process, because similar to writing a book, anything in life, you know, whether that's starting a podcast, whether that's even working your other job, you know, like, I, I know you mentioned you got to have like that drive to your soul. That's definitely something that was really like spot on. And I feel like that can relate to pretty much anything, whether that's writing a book creating something, doing, running your own business, you know, or following a sports team, you got to have that drive. You got to have that motivation, even in sports too, whether that's like working out and trying to be like a starter and stuff like that. You just got to have that drive and that motivation, that purpose in your soul. Because if you don't have that, like you said, like you're going to have these blocks and you're just like, ah, oh, yeah, like I don't see myself following through or, or actually finishing the project, you know? And, and I will say like, going through all that, you know, and now being published, I will say congrats that you've, that you finally did that. You got over the hurdle and stuff. And I can definitely relate to you when it comes to like, I know for me, I'm in grad school currently right now. And I have to be in like a full, like focus mode, similar to you, Brian, where it's like, it takes me some time to like build up the hype, you know? And then once, once I'm into it, I'm locked into it. But like you said, like after a couple hours, like I can't just say like, Hey, like I'm going to take two hours and get done this long paper or like get done. You know what I mean? Like I, Oh, I have to similar to you. Like I have to really like go somewhere different to fully like focus and lock. So I, there's definitely no shame in going on a vacation, you know, Brian to, to work on your book or taking some time away to work on your book, because it's definitely, it's definitely something that's needed. And depending on the person, some people, they don't need that others. They do, you know, it's, and, and at the end of the day, it's all about, understanding yourself at the end of the day. So the fact that you got your two books done now, you're you're learning more about yourself on the on the along the way and stuff like that. Um just building off of our conversation so far, Brian, 
um, let's say someone is just starting out, you know, whether they're just trying to find themselves or they're just having some anxiety about what they want to do. What's some advice that you would give to them now that like you have published two books, you know, and you've gone through a, your long journey as well. What's some advice that you would give to somebody just trying to figure out what is it that they really want to do? Yeah, good question. And I, I like the way that you summed all that stuff up. I would say like, there's obviously a lot of levels at which anxiety can hit. Um, I'm going to skip the one that like I mostly talk about, which is like the in the moment, like day to day, like, oh, I have a specific thing in my life that I'm worried about. Um, and I'm thinking about all the time because that's kind of a, a different question um, in terms of like not knowing what they uh, what it is that somebody wants to do and being anxious about that. I mean, a lot of it can take a lot of introspection, honestly. I mean, like there's I've probably spent more time than I care to admit, like sitting down and just thinking, being like, okay, where, where am I headed in my life? Is that a direction that, that I want to be headed in? Um, if I look at like the jobs that I'm working or the projects that I'm on, like, are those things that fill me up and, um, align with my passions? Are they things that interest me? Right. And I, some of it is like, I think I benefit from the fact that like, and, and I know that everybody is emotional on some level, right? If, if we don't have any emotions, we're dead or we're robots. But um, I benefit on the level uh, on some level of like, uh, I would say I am probably a relatively emotional person where it's like, if something is not working, and it's like, you know, more than a day or like a couple of weeks or something, it's like, if I'm on a project, and it is like, doesn't align with me whatsoever, I feel that and I feel it every damn day. And that's sort of the blessing and the curse, right? Is it's like, it would be nice not to feel those feelings, but at the same time I do, and they're trying to tell me something. So if I listen to them, they might take me somewhere good. So I guess when it comes to like figuring out what uh, somebody wants to do, if they're anxious about that, right, I would just seek alignment where it's like, okay, look at what it is that you're doing on a daily basis. Look at where your trajectory is for your life and compare those things, right? If you say like, and, and, and I do want to kind of caveat or be careful here where it's like, look, we all, um, everybody has been through like situations that aren't pleasant, right? It's like, you know, uh, I, I'll actually share a funny story that I haven't shared on podcast before. It's like, uh, so I am a vegan today and I've been mostly vegetarian for a good amount of my life, but you know, there's definitely long periods where I ate chicken and stuff like that. Uh, my first official job was working at a Costco in the meat room. And so it's like, you know, uh, keep in mind that like, if you're listening and you're like, Hey, like, I, I can't write a book. I can't do this. I can't do that. Like, I'm, uh, everybody has to start somewhere right on, on that journey. And so if you're working a job that doesn't align with anything that you do, um, I guess, try to see it as a stepping stone. If that makes sense. If you're like, Hey, uh, for me, it was like, well, I'm in the middle of my college years. I just need to make some money. So that way I can go out with my friends and, and then get back to studying. And then eventually, right. It's like, I'm going to level up. I'm going to get my degree. I'm going to get a, an internship and then I'll get a real job and I'll start getting, uh, to, uh, I'll start doing some of the things that I want to do. So I guess like be patient a little bit where you can, or like have some understanding and, uh, or I guess like, uh, be understanding of the journey and be compassionate uh, to where you are. But then again, if it makes sense and if it's possible, just kind of sit down and get some of that alignment where, uh, you know, we talked about uh, motivation and it's like, uh, how does one motivate themselves? I think there's a couple of things that we could talk about there where it's like, uh, if, you know, if, if it's like, hey, I'm working this job that burns me out and then I get home and I want to work on my side business, but I'm not motivated or I, uh, I just can't like I'm I, I'm physically exhausted. That's obviously, the, you know, that's that's one thing. And that's something we have to evaluate, evaluate. And if we can take action on it or change things, then, yeah, we should. But at the same time, it's like uh, if you ask somebody like, 
uh, if somebody's like, Hey, I'm, I'm not motivated. How do I find motivation? How do I get motivated? It's like, it's like, there is no such thing as like creating motivation. It's like, what are you interested in? What do you like to do? And then align yourself with those things. And then all of a sudden, you know, those soul, those things that call to your soul will pull you forward, right? It's like, I am motivated to write my books, not because I found motivation, but because I aligned, you know, my interests and my passions with the ability to help people and, and the, the vision that I see for the books and the brand and whatnot in the future and being able to, um, you know, I, this is probably like a little egotistical or whatever, but like save people's lives, you know, that's, that's really important to me. So. Yeah, I will say Brian, and, and for someone that is on that similar path too, like for me, I always, part of reason just adding to your point like you said like you don't just wake up and you create motivation you know it's sort of just like like you said finding things that you really like to do and then once you figure out what you like to do then you're going to start doing those things that you like to do so for me like I I started podcasting probably undergrad and I I was very passionate about sports at the time so I I did sports podcasts because I mean you know how sports are in the northeast so like we would do Sixers Celtics rivalry talking podcasts about that, you know, talking podcasts just about sports in general. But like, my point is like, you, you take those small steps, you know, you've, that you're really passionate about that you really have a drive for. So like for me, like podcasts and helping people, that's something that I've really have in like, in my core, you know, like when I have conversations similar to our conversation now, you know, having someone listen to it, you know, that's like, Oh snap. Like I've definitely am starting to realize some things, you know, or, or cause I know I definitely have a lot of men that listen to this podcast too. So it's like, yeah, like having two men really talk about like motivation and stuff. So like these are just small things for me, you know, that really just boost my soul, you know, and everybody's different. So like for some people, it's other things, some people, it's other things, but like you said, Brian, it's just finding those stepping stones or finding like those, those things that you like, and then using that to take the next step and take on the next challenge. And, and that really, at the end of the day, it just feeds your soul and it really just helps you become your most happiest self, you know, and there's not like, obviously there's going to be some like blocks along the way, you know, because like you said, this whole life is a journey at the end of the day. It's so, and I feel like with social media and a lot of things, a lot of people see the destination, you know, and they're like, Oh snap, like, like this is the end goal. This is the end result. But one thing I realize a lot with social media is like no one's really taking like videos or posting the journey in which they're taking in, you know, or I, I see more destination photos than like actual like journey posts, you know, but um, just adding and building up to the conversation a little bit. I know mental health has definitely changed a lot over the years, Brian, for you, how do you feel like mental health has changed and has shifted since like COVID and obviously even like with the past decade, like how do you, where do you see mental health going? Yeah, for sure. I was on a recent podcast where we talked about something similar and my response was kind of, um, I guess on two levels from a broad societal standpoint, it's like, it's wonderful that the conversation is widening and expanding and people are becoming more accept- accepting of talking about mental health and people are being courageous and sharing their battles. That's been awesome in some ways. Like I, I, if we could go back and do it again, I would love for COVID to have never been a thing. Right. Uh, but it, it, it was a thing. And so I guess we just have to like, it just is what it is. Uh, if we look at it from that standpoint, it's like, One of the benefits, and I'm not saying that COVID was a beneficial thing, I'm definitely not, uh, but it's like one of the benefits or the silver linings that we can take from it is that because a lot of people were stuck in their houses, isolated and whatnot, like we all kind of got to that point, and I I don't want to like, maybe not all, but a lot of people got to that point where they were like, 
I'm depressed. I'm not feeling well. I need to voice this, right? Because um, this is a, a strange, new, desperate time for me. And I just feel like I need to put the word out there. It was an interesting mix of like, you know, the internet and social media. Uh, you know, if, if we had the pandemic 30 years ago, it's like maybe we wouldn't have new conversations on mental health because people weren't able to post how they were feeling online. And obviously, a lot of these things are like, uh, there are pros and cons to everything, right? It's like, um, I, I also talk bad about social media every once in a while. Like it, it has, um, it has its benefits. It also has its drawbacks. And so uh, I guess we just take it as it is, but obviously the, the conversation has expanded in the last few years. And I think that's been awesome. I think again, because of COVID, I think the conversation has needed to expand. Uh, so that's kind of the broad societal level on a, on a smaller level. I think the thing that I worry about, right. Is like, I don't want us. And I say us as in like the industry in general, I don't want us to like get complacent or rest on our laurels because if you look at the statistics, like, even though the conversation is growing, rates of anxiety and depression are growing even faster. And unfortunately, like, and I'm not casting judgment, I'm just saying, um, kind of stating the facts is like people still um, kill themselves, right? And, and, and go through some really, really dark times and sometimes don't make it through. And so I think we, until we get to a point where nobody is, uh, I hate to continue to say the word, but it's like, until we get to the point where like, nobody is killing themselves, then we're, we're not all the way there, right? On an individual level, we're still not making it such that everybody feels comfortable sharing their story, getting help, opening up to loved ones or whatever it is. And uh, the thing I guess I want to stress there is like, it's not a, for me, I'm not, I'm not judging whatsoever. Like, I mean, I've been through all that stuff. It sucks. I mean, you know, to sit with somebody and say like, hey, I'm raising my hand. I am literally depressed right now. And this sucks. I don't know what to do. Like, I don't even know if I want to be alive right now. Um, that is so brutal, right? And it's so embarrassing. Um, but at the same time, like, as we expand the conversation, hopefully more folks will be able to say, like, even though it is embarrassing, like, I, uh, it's just a feeling, right? And I know that people out there support me. And I know that it's not abnormal to talk about these things. And I know it's not abnormal to feel them. So um, I guess to wrap things up and sum things up, I would say we have made some progress, but I still think we have a long way to go. And that's one of the things that keeps me going in my journey. Yeah, and, and I completely agree with you, Brian, when it comes to that, like, like you said, like people are still like deciding to take their lives, you know, and that's definitely something that's very like, it's just it's just a very intense process, you know, and, and I will say like, until like that gets fully resolved, you know, like you said, like more conversations need to be out. So that way people are not feeling isolated, and they're feeling alone, like these are battles that only I have experienced, like, by having like conversations, you know, and, and really where people are talking about their own journeys, you know, and what they've all, what they've had to battle with. Hopefully like people can start to understand that more, you know, and, and relate in some way. They don't have to relate fully, but just a little bit like, Hey, like listening to your story, I might like, it actually really helped me here. It helped me calm my own anxieties down, you know? So those are just like little steps, Brian, that obviously we're still, it's a long process and it's going to take some time, but you know, just little steps on the way. And who knows, you know, maybe one day that can happen, you know, um, <clears throat> but just continuing our conversation, I will say we've really talked a lot about mental health and, and your journey. And I've really enjoyed that so far, but transitioning a little bit to a little bit of some like relationship talk and astrology talk. Um, I know you are a Taurus, similar to me, you are a Taurus with a cancer moon, you know, so when it comes to astrology, what are some things that you've always liked about it, you know, or what are like, and how recent like how, like how new have you learned about like astrology and stuff like your overall relationship with astrology? 
Yeah, probably. Uh, it's, it's pretty limited, kind of more like, you know, I'll, I'll talk with friends. I remember there, you will know the app uh, name better than I will, but there is a, there's a mobile app that you download and it, it gives you all the horoscope mm-hmm. stuff. It's, it was like a, the icon was black. Oh, CoStar, remember. CoStar maybe? Sounds right. Yeah. Okay. That I got you. Right. Yeah. So I, I got you. Yeah, there was a, a friend that I linked up with a, a few years ago, and she was like, "Oh, you got to download this app and check it out and whatever." <laughs> I think, I think also because I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure she's a Taurus as well. Maybe she's not. I forget. Uh, but we we were kind of like relating on that level, right? And so it's like I'll have conversations like that where I, I don't uh, to be totally transparent. Like I don't sit down and be like, "I'm going to read the horoscopes today. I'm going to do more research." But over the years, right, you just kind of like you interact with different people who are like. Hey, when were you born? Like, you know, oh, okay, that's, I can see that in you, right? Um, and I think those things are interesting where, you know, on my own, like for a tourist, right? It's like they um, obviously it depends on where, what co- um, content you read or source or whatever, but like there's those general categories or uh, general um, traits that people will associate with different. Uh, different signs, right? So it's like for a Taurus, maybe more emotional, uh, maybe more stubborn. And some of those things I, I like, I'll read them and I'm like, yep, yep, that's me, you know? So uh, I find that interesting. And then I also, I like being able to make conclusions or like uh, draw comparisons to things that I'm doing in my own life, right? Where it's like my mental health battles, right? It's like, yes, I am probably like, because I'm a Taurus and I'm emotional, I, and I don't always like in a health, healthy way, like let that emotion out that leads to anxiety and depression. Sometimes I am stubborn in the sense that like, if I am worrying about something rather than like being, um, what's the, what's the right way to say it. It's like, rather than being calm about it and being like, Hey, you know, I've been dealing, I've been thinking about this and chewing it over for too long. I'm going to let it go. And I'm just gonna, I'm going to move on here. Like I am brute forcing my way through some, some of the worries in my mind. And, um, and I don't recommend that that's not a good strategy at all, but I can see at least right where it's like, okay, yeah. Tauruses tend to be a little bit stubborn. Like I find myself just getting thought in stuck in the same thought patterns. And uh, it's at least helpful to be like, I'm recognizing those patterns and I'm recognizing the traits that may lead to them. So that's the stuff that I like about it. Yeah. And, and I agree too. I know for me, like uh, when it came to astrology, my girlfriend's best friend, actually uh shout out to her. She, she's a Scorpio. So Tauruses and Scorpios are sister signs. So, so if you ever, like once we're done our, pi- our, our podcast and stuff, if you ever sit and think like, do I have a lot of Scorpio friends? That might be the reason why, because Tauruses and Scorpios are sister signs. Um, But yeah, like she was from Indonesia and she was just talking to my girlfriend about it. And then they talked about my chart a little bit. And, and I was like, okay, like this is definitely interesting. And I started doing more research on it, you know, and starting to figure out like my moon sign, my, my Mercury, my Venus, like just figuring out like all the planets and their meanings and how that impacts me. And I was like, yeah, like this is definitely, definitely can explain some of the reasons why like I act, I act the way that I do act, you know, and similar to you, like I'm definitely, I'm a Taurus as well. So like I'm definitely very stubborn when it comes to arguments, like even for fun, just for like a fun story. I like to share this with some people that come on, you know, uh, just just this Thanksgiving, we were arguing about Uno. Right. And the obviously like the OG, like old school rule apparently is you can't put a draw two on top of another draw two. And like I was like, I've I was like, I've never played it that way. And like, even though my girlfriend's family pulls the rule book and is like, hey, this is the official rule. I'm like, nah, like screw that. Like this just a funny example Brian to explain like when I'm stubborn like I'm very stubborn and I will stick to I will stick to some things that I believe into like it, it literally like 
<laughs> like even if people prove it wrong, you know, um, but just adding to that conversation, you know, I feel like astrology is just a really good, it's like another tool, you know, to help understand yourself. So like, I'm not going to say like astrology is the full 100%, like it explains everything, but I like to treat it as it's like another tool to help you understand yourself if you are feeling lost. Um, but just continuing our conversation when it comes to astrology um, in general, I know your Venus is in Pisces. So like with that, you know, like it's a very like gentle and calm lover, you know, um, for you just to just for my question, when it comes to relationships, what are some qualities that you really look for in like a friendship and also like a romantic partner? Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I think I think in general, guys tend to be more like go with the flow in terms of friendships, right? It's like I obviously want people who have the same interests in, as me. And I want like to trust them and be able to like do fun things with them. But like, other than that, it's, uh, I think for guys, again, we, we tend to be more like, yeah, we have similar interests. Let's hang out. And then maybe like, you know, something happens down the road where, uh, somebody reveals their true character or something like that. And you're like, Oh, wait a second. Like I didn't know this. So maybe things kind of get rocky from there. Who knows? But, um, like intimate relationships, it's kind of tough. I mean, I, you know, I, I definitely struggle with them. Um, for me, it's like, I'm, I'm, I, I guess I don't even a hundred percent know what I am looking for. It's kind of like, you know, I go on a bunch of dates, I'm looking for somebody like, and I, I struggle with this a little bit. Cause it's like, you, you, depending on who you talk to, right. It's like, well, they have to be attractive. If I'm not attractive to them, attracted to them, like, it's just not going to work out. And some people will sometimes say to me like, don't be so shallow or whatever. It's like, I'm not, no, 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 no. We're not, I'm not saying like, it needs to be a suit, like a swimsuit model. I'm just saying like, I have to like, look at the person and be like, I am attracted to them. And then from there, it's like, you know, are they caring? Uh, are they thoughtful? Do we see eye to eye on a lot of the same issues? Right. It's like, um, what, what is the, um, it is, uh, it's water and vinegar, right? Or, uh, excuse me, water and oil. It's like, uh, when you put water and oil together, it's like, they, they, they don't, they don't mix together well at all. So it's like, I think we've all probably had those conversations where it's like, you go out on a, on a date and, you know, I'm pretty cordial. It's very rare that I will like blow up somebody's spot or something like that. But if, if somebody is like, Hey, you know, you like these five things and I am on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, liking these five things. And, and we basically, we kind of like, uh, we go against everything that the other person stands for. That's going to be difficult for me. A lot of friction there. Right. So, um, I don't know, so, like maybe I need to do a little bit more introspection of like exactly who am I looking for? What am I looking for? I'm not sure, but I do think sometimes on the romantic side, it, it can be a little bit more of like, you know, you get in the same room and, and is there that like, is it easy, right? Are you just having a nice conversation where time just kind of passes by quickly and you're enjoying yourself? And um, again, do they have some of the same traits and values that you do? Uh, so that's what I look for. It's, it's definitely generic, but I think at the same time, it's like, you know, I'm picky enough as it is. So it's like, I don't need more qualifiers to uh, shrink the pool even further and make it harder on myself. So that's, that's kind of my approach. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, you kind of just got to go with the flow, you know, feel the vibe, you know, because it, it's definitely very interesting, especially when it comes to relationships, whether that's with friendships and like romantic partners, you know, like the energy that they carry, like a lot of people don't, I feel like a lot of people don't talk about it as much though, when it comes to like the energy that people are carrying, you feed off of that. Um, I, I forget the saying, but it's like, you're, you're, you only know is it's like, a, it's something with like five people. I don't know the yeah, exact words. Jim Rohn. Yeah. Jim Rohn. Yeah. Cause I know he mentioned something about like five people, you know, your five closest people. 
you reflect on their energies, whether that's friends, family. So like, I definitely get what you're saying, you know, like you got to feel the vibe or are, are you guys having cool conversations? Like, and I, I agree with you. Like, I mean, I'm fine with disagreements a little bit, you know, but like you said, if it's all five and then another five, like it, you're just never going to get along, you know? Um, but just having a little fun, continuing this relationship conversation. I always ask my guests that come on this question, uh, when it comes to turn off. So let's say you're on a first date, right? And someone does something that just really turns off and you don't have a second date. What are some turnoffs for you? Um, but I know for me, I, I used to do this. I have a girlfriend now, so I'm, obviously I'm not doing this anymore. Um, but before I met her, I I would hand people the aux cord like while we're driving because music's very spiritual for me. And depending on what they played would determine like, all right, if I'm feeling the vibe here with the music, all right, cool. We can have another date. If not, I'm like, ah, I'm not going to have a second date. So for you, Brian, do you have like any like test or any things that are considered a turnoff for you that you wouldn't have a second date? I would say the biggest one, like in this, I don't know if it's actually happened before. It's more like if I'm, you know, out with friends on the weekend and I'm like, chatting somebody up or whatever. Uh, if somebody leaves to smoke a cigarette or if we're in like, you know, for if it's happened in Florida a few times where like you can smoke. Um, I forget if you can smoke inside anymore. You, you, at the very least, you can definitely smoke at like outdoor venues. Whereas uh, even in Boston, you're not like, if it's a rooftop bar, you can't smoke a cigarette. Uh, if somebody lights up, I'm out. Like it's, there's just something in my DNA. Uh, I have lost a couple people in my life uh, to smoking and it just, I just can't do it. I can't stand the smell. Uh, you know, obviously like, it's like, I've, I've lost people that I love that is tragic and, and awful. And it's like, I, I just, I'll never be able to get around that. Um, for some reason, like, I don't know, like if I know a lot of, a lot of people smoke, uh, marijuana, it's like, uh, I have less of a, that one affects me a little bit less. It, I don't, the smell isn't as bad for me. Uh, and I don't know, I know there's like, obviously with smoking cigarettes, it's like nicotine and there's, 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 uh, I don't know if benefits is the right word, but you wouldn't do it if you didn't get a certain feeling when you did it. Right. So it's like with marijuana, I know that uh, some folks smoke to uh, relieve their stress or to not feel as much anxiety and whatnot. So I'm a little bit more accepting of that one, but like, I think it would be very hard for me to date somebody who smoked like every day, all the time. Um, in terms of other ones, like it kind of goes back to that vibe thing, right? It's like, I, I am honestly like a pretty open person and I'm, um, I'm receptive to like different ideas and beliefs and whatnot. It's going to be tough for me to, um, to be like totally turned off and be like, yeah, like no way is this going to happen again. Again, it's, it's mostly I'm feeling the vibe. Uh, it's either kind of there or it's not, and it's hard to put your finger on it. But then at the same time, like if, if uh, my values and the person's values and the things that we're interested in are so wildly off from one another, I mean, that's going to be a, a very quick decision to be like, it, it, there's just no future here. Yeah. Yeah. I got you, Brian, as well. I just, I always ask people that question, just, you know, like, it's definitely interesting, you know, some people that are very into it, you know, for, so I'm, I'm glad to hear though, for you though, it's more about a vibe thing. And, and I will say thank you again, also for being able to share that, you know, cause it's definitely like, that definitely is something that definitely was really personal to, you know, when it comes to like losing some people that have like smoked cigarettes and stuff like that too. So I just want to say, Brian, thank you for sharing that story as well. And, and being so open to talk about these things again, because again, it takes a lot to really be comfortable talking about these things, you know? Um, but before we wrap everything up, I will say I've really enjoyed our conversation about everything, relationships, work, your journey, and your passion, stuff like that. Um, before we wrap everything up, though, this website that I Google, it's, it gives everybody a little horoscope reading. It's called thehoroscope.co. 
and I always have my guests come on. I just Google their sun and moon, and it gives a little reading about about yourself a little bit. So as I give your reading, Brian, uh, just tell me some thoughts that come to mind. So for you, you are a Taurus sun, Cancer moon, and it says a gentle personality, witty and adaptable. The Taurus sun, Cancer moon personality is quick to change tactics to obtain goals or to avoid conflicts. Positives for your sun and moon combination. Playful, responsible, and imaginative. Negatives can be a little bit malicious and a little bit indulgent. Perfect partner, someone who is sensitive and at ease with expressing emotions. Word of advice for your sun and moon combination. They need to be careful about their emotional displays. So as I give you your little reading, you know, positives, negatives, perfect partner and and advice. What are some thoughts that come to mind? I would say it's pretty accurate, to be honest. Uh, The one thing that maybe, and I guess you could read into some of that a little bit. One thing that I have tried to figure out in my own life is like, and I don't know where it comes from, but I definitely have some sort of like, I guess I could call it like loyalty or um, there's something in me. There's like a little bit of a trigger where it's like, if I feel as though somebody has legitimately wronged me, um, I can get really, really upset by that. And almost to the point where like, I will just, I will just never talk to that person again. And if they ask for an explanation, I will give it to them. Uh, sometimes I will be upfront and I will, and I will let them know I'm getting better at at that as I get older. But that's one thing that, you know, I'm interested in as I read like horoscopes and some of the information we've covered today, where I'm like, you know, where does that come from? And, you know, what is the source of that? Can I get better at some of those conversations? Can I approach things in a little bit more healthy of a way? Um, you know, obviously it's like nurture versus nature where trying to just um, deal with the cards that we have been dealt, but at the same time, uh, you know, maybe rearrange them in a way that's a little bit more helpful or something like that. Yeah, I, I will say, because like these readings are definitely interesting as well, because it gives positives, negatives, perfect partner and advice. And obviously, like once we are done recording, um, I can always shoot you an email, more information if you want, if you want to know all that stuff, Brian. And I will say overall, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I feel like we've pretty much covered everything. But before we wrap things up, where can everybody check out your books and follow you on social media? Yeah, best way to find me would be on my website. That's getoutofyourhead.com. There are no spaces or dashes or anything in the URL there. And then on Instagram, which is the platform that I'm currently most active on, the handle is currently getoutofyourheadbooks. Uh, In the near future, I would say if people are listening to this Uh, So it's currently January 25th, 2022. If folks are listening to this, I don't know, April, May, something like that, the the handle may change. I have a trademark application that is currently processing. Uh, So in time, the the handle may change to get out of your head. Not 100% sure there, but those are the two good ways to contact me. I like to finish most of my appearances by saying, uh, folks who are listening, if you're struggling with something, number one, know that it it could get better and it, it honestly probably will. It might just take time. And if you ever feel like you need somebody to talk to or you need to share your story with someone, I'm more than happy uh, to have a conversation. So please reach out to me on social media. Yeah, Brian. And I will say like, that's definitely something that's, that's awesome to hear as well. Having more people to help you guys are not alone. Remember that, you know, so Brian can definitely help you guys out and same here too. You know, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Um, But Brian, I will say I've really enjoyed our conversations and please stay safe over there in Florida and in Boston when you get back. Yeah, this was great. Thanks, Josh.